Welcome back. I'm here today with Aldo Carascoso, and he's the founder of and, and COO of Align Commerce. Welcome to today's show. Thanks for having me. And actually, I mean, truly, you're a serial entrepreneur. That may be a more accurate uh, a depiction of what you do. But uh, yeah, love, I love having you on today. Thanks for coming on. And, you know, for the listeners, can you give us background of how you got to where you are today and some of the things that you've done along the way? Perfect. Yeah. So uh, before we uh, move further, so we were formerly known as Align Commerce. We just rebranded maybe less than a week ago to Veeam. So it's the same business. It's just a new name. So I just and is to it V E M V E E M V E E M. Yes. Okay. All it was, right. It's just easier. Easier. <laughs> okay. So my journey actually, I, I was born in the Philippines, uh, in a place called San Juan, Metro Manila. I've you know I was born in a family of uh, uh, not necessarily entrepreneurs. We were very tech focused. So I was engaged in 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 you know coding at third grade. I you know. Uh, destroyed and created my first television set on in the uh, fourth grade. And I like the way you destroyed your first television set. <laughs> and then and I created my first uh, radio. I remember uh, in fifth grade. So I, you know, my 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 folks encouraged this whole um, uh, ask permission, uh, uh, seek uh, seek forgiveness rather than permission. So I was able to innovate as a child. So I think the basics of coding was really ingrained then. Then I went into university i was able to you know i had conversations with people you know ask them what would be the best thing that i could do or take or to focus on when you know because i wanted to contribute back somehow to the world um i grew up in that kind of family uh they basically told me you know the key to any business is not really the numbers well cpas might disagree with me or financial forecasters and they said it's not really logistics or operations it's people so the ability to uh, uh, grow, motivate, and to propel people forward were the most important thing. So that's what I spent my entire uh, college life, basically understanding how to talk, motivate, and grow people, which I think are main core tenets of what I know. Aside from the fact that I'm also a technical founder, so I code. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, fast forward a number of years, you know, uh, my journey to Silicon Valley started in a parking lot in, in just in the Philippines. I said that, you know, one day I'm going to go and pitch some of the largest investors in the world and I'm going to create really disruptive tech products. And the rest is history. So I moved here around 2004, 2005. Um, it was very hard to break in. I, I came from a completely Southeast Asian uh, mindset, essentially more laid back, you know, less asking questions, less about, uh, less about, uh, um, uh, questioning authority more about following orders i had to reprogram myself so i actually joined the bobson entrepreneurship program so i took an mba two things it did for me one was it forged me um and exposed me to mentors who were in theorists they were people who actually exited ran giant companies like craig benson ed Merrim. Um they were able to run companies and they were the ones teaching uh, the other one was i was able to launch my first startup so that really, you know, that whole experience, aside from, aside from giving me, you know, a U.S. education, allowed me to uh, get my feet wet. So I started a company called Verigo. So think of Verigo as uh, the Tinder for companies, mm -hmm. right? You know how Tinder matches people based on preferences or likes and, you know, long walks in the beach. I like, you know, moonlight dates. 
I did the same thing, but for B2B. So Virigo was a pioneer in trying to do B2B matchmaking. So if you're a US company and you were looking for partners outside, let's say Southeast Asia, China, India, uh, I wouldn't just give you a listing, right? This is what directories would do. I would give you the best matches for you. So that became something called the OPI algorithm. So it became a matchmaking algorithm for businesses to use each other. So uh, yeah, that that became successful. And now a consulting firm uses it to do buyer-supplier matching. And to this day, I believe some of the companies that we still match are still partners, right? So personifying, you know, the big vision there was personifying companies allowed you to have longer strategic partnerships, just like relationships and marriage. You know, although you're you're the epitome of that entrepreneur that they're they're out not to make money but to solve problems, and uh, and, and to find ways that the the market isn't addressing to put the technology and resources in place. Um, now, now you've done a number of companies, and sure. and I want to get into this, but unfortunately, I'm running up against the Time. break right now. So if uh, if we could, why don't we take a quick commercial break and then we'll continue on with some of the other companies that you've done and then bring you up to date. Uh, this is Alan Olson's American Dreams. I'm visiting here with Aldo Carascoso. Uh, he is uh, one of the founders and uh, CEO of Veeam, V-E-E-M. We'll be right back after these messages. can't take your wealth with you, spend time with your family. Welcome back and visiting here today with Aldo Carascoso. He is the COO, Chief Operating Officer of Beam. And uh, before that, we're, we're talking about your your first uh, company that you found of, of Vertigo. Uh, Verigo. Uh, Verigo, excuse yeah. me. And, and which was a, a, a B2B uh, for businesses familiar to Tinder. And then what did you go on from there? Yeah, so yeah. Um, after a few years, so I, I was able to exit from that company. The, I went to Los Angeles. So one of my main passions was movie. I love movies. I think uh, movies are a way for me to vicariously live through like the heroine or even the villain. So people often uh, uh, ask me how I how I train my imagination. I always tell them when I watch a movie, I always imagine myself in the situation of what would I do? Actually, some of my craziest ideas come from movies. So what I would have done in the situation of the plot. So anyway, I moved there. I met uh, these uh, two producers. They had this thing saying, you know, they were telling me about this whole viral video content. This was like 2009, 2010. I wasn't even known, right? So um, so if you were some normal kid and you've got this compelling thing that you'd like to show on TV, you would actually need to show up in a station, give them a DVD, and then they would basically, you know, they would do a, 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 a content meeting. They would find out if they want to put you on TV because you caught something. If they did, you would have to give them the raw file, right? There's this infamous uh, story, and I will not name names, but apparently there's this uh, um, a gentleman from the Midwest that filmed something compelling and he licensed it for anywhere between 100 to to $1,000 to a network. Network 
went on and uh, monetized it for a lot, lot more money. So then, you know, when we started it, we found that there was this huge disconnect between people who needed the content and people creating the content. Uh, and these two producers knew the ones creating them and they knew the ones who needed them. So they just needed a guy to create the platform. So that became Jukin Media. So at that time, um, Jukin is now, if I'm not mistaken, one of the world's largest payments licensing platform for user-generated content. So I always ask this to people, do you have Facebook? Do you have Instagram? Do you? Mm -hmm. um, yes. I probably made you laugh already. Mm -hmm. So we provide a tremendous amount of funny videos, viral videos for all of these platforms. Actually, I think the platform itself has over 60 or 70 billion views. It's in 221 markets. I don't even know how many regional offices we already have right now. And every major network in the world, from CNN to Al Jazeera to CCTV to GMA in the world uses that platform to get user-generated content. Like the brands uh, that we've founded, you know, some of them include Fail Army, uh, People Are Awesome, um, uh, Pet Collective, and a number of other of these things. And if you're actually looking at uh, uh, what we've done, we've actually, I think, contributed around 10 or $15 million back to these video creators. So it's all it is, it's a platform for them to upload stuff. And then once it's there, the platform syndicates, it licenses, and it distributes to all of these networks. So um, I was, we really wanted to help these guys uh, who were creating all of this uh, content because they had no idea how to negotiate right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't want to go into some executive's room and the executive's going to show you a hundred bucks. And then he's going to, wow, a hundred bucks for a kid in Midwest who is in high school is a lot of money. So we were able to democratize that process. And at the same time, every major network in the world from Japan, Germany, um, to different countries could have access to these real-time compelling videos. So we own, you know, if you're thinking of a a viral video right now, it's probably from the uh, uh, the Jukin platform. So that became one of the uh, um, interesting tidbits of my life. Yeah, it's interesting. And so after Jukin, you didn't stop there. What 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 brought you to the new uh, Veeam? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, I'm technically called an overseas foreign worker. So um, always with a problem. Remember, I you know we never started anything because we wanted to make money. You know, unfortunately, I talk, I listen to a lot of pitches, and when you hear a lot of these new entrepreneurs coming in, it's about them making money. And my advice to them is always about adding value to people's lives. So back to my story. So with Veeam, uh, Align Commerce, then I'm an overseas foreign worker. That technically means I send money back home. I support people, and that's what thirty or forty billion dollars worth of remittances go into the Philippines alone. And the Philippines is one of the smallest markets for remittances. Look at Mexico, look at India, look at China. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, people kept complaining, "How come you're sending me only this money?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not! I'm sending you that money. I'm sending you much more." <laughs> so, fast forward back of the, you know back of the envelope, no Excel. Found out that they were getting eighty percent of what I was sending them. Eighty. Wow, who who was getting eighty? The the, uh, the, the recipient. Okay, yeah. so, so the twenty percent was missing. I was saving. Yeah. I was sending them a, a. I was paying a sending fee, and then yeah. the receivers were paying a receiving fee, and they were getting net of something. Yeah, you would never. Then I found out it was because of one thing. It could either be the closed loop networks mm -hmm. of large, of large institutions, which I will, they will be nameless. Okay. Or they're because of correspondent banking. So correspondent banking essentially, uh, banks internationally aren't connected. 
they're connected by Swift, essentially, which is a messaging platform. But um, in terms of how money transfers or flows between them, they need to be connected by correspondent banks. They don't have direct relationships. So by virtue of that, every time you need to send, let's say I am a Philippine company and I need to send to China, correct, US dollars. The Philippine company will correspond with a bank in New York. That bank in New York will look for a relationship somewhere in Asia to find how to route the money into China. That's how many hops, maybe three or four hops, right? Just by human nature or maybe by loss of economics, every time you hop on something, it costs something. It's just like going through a toll gate, mm-hmm. like tolls. And no one's questioned that for the longest time. That's always been this the whole system, pre-internet, maybe created by Western, the whole wire system was created by Western Union back in the 1900s. It hasn't been redone. So Aldo, I, I need, we're, we're running up against the break. I need to take a quick break. I'm busy with Aldo Carrascoso, and, uh, and he's the uh, Chief Operating Officer of Align Commerce, recently renamed to Veeam, B-W-E-M. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. I love fishing, you know, with my family. I think it would be easier to use a net. It was so much fun. The times when we are together, it makes it all, all the more worth it. Having Dad teach them how to, like, cast a fly rod and... As long as we're doing stuff together, we're having fun. Some people see a father and a son fishing together, while others see a succession plan. Uh, welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Aldo Carrascoso, and he is the Chief Operating Officer of Veeam. And, and we're talking about this new company that that was actually uh, uh, filling the 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 uh, one of the problems out there between sending money overseas and uh, and making a more efficient process. So more money ends up getting in the hands of the end uh, and, and recipient. So go ahead. So I think I think I we left off uh, with the old wire system created by. Western Union, right? It hasn't been changed. Fast forward 2009, 2011, 2012, there's this thing called Bitcoin, right? And if you Googled it at that time, things you would hear about drug trade, FBI mm-hmm. shutting down operations, oh my word, murder, and these things. So when you know my co-founder and I started it, imagine the horror when we would explain it to a regulator or to a bank. It actually took us many, many, many months to get a simple bank account. Can you imagine that? Like, now, after you incorporate, you go into Bank of America, they give you a bank account. They took us so much time to get that. So the, 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 just the whole mountain of things that we had to go after because it was too early. No one knew the idea. And by the way, we weren't pitching Bitcoin. We were pitching something called the blockchain. We were the first. That's why we're the world's largest payment processor on the blockchain right now. Excellent. We were the first. So um, five years ago, four years ago, no one heard about this new thing. And I said, this could be the best thing to connect banks, right? So what we did was we created this thing called the multi-rail router, right? So instead of going from, you know, just banks, they use Swift to tell each other, I'm texting you, I'm sending you money. That's all it does. That's what Swift is. It's a messaging system. And then it essentially does something called a rebalancing. So Vostro accounts. So it's banks have bank accounts in other banks. They just m- subtract and add they rebalance credit and 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 uh, these things. What the blockchain would allow would banks to have a real time exchange of 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 um, transfers, basically disintermediating this need for treasury, 
or balances in other banks. Imagine me telling this to someone five, four years ago. Fast forward now, every major bank in the world is investing billions of dollars trying to form a consortia, trying to understand this new thing. And the same guys who probably laughed at us, um, same guys who laughed at us back then are the same guys calling us back. And I love those conversations. So I've spent maybe the last year talking to banks, educating them, telling them about, you know, proof of concept, all of these things. Because um, Veeam is not a proof of concept company. You hear blockchain being proof of concept. We're not. So they want to find out how to bring something that's, you know, that's that's operational and that's scalable. So we've got all of these guys calling us back. Uh, in fact, uh, we've hit a nerve that they decided to start investing in us. So Silicon Valley Bank, National Australia Bank are some of our lead investors aside from Kleiner Perkins and Google Ventures. So we're probably doing the right thing at this point. So um, yeah, and then the rest is history. Now we've expanded to 60 countries. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll be one of the first to actually allow you to remit money out of China and you know for us in the United States that might not seem to be a big thing but in China there's huge capital controls it's almost impossible to expatriate funds out mm -hmm. and again you know this is not supposed to be a political commentary but uh, it's almost impossible so we're actually one of the first foreign companies to be able to do that imagine the excitement of the Chinese market for us to do that all possible because of this new multi-rail router that we did basically that we patented and all it does is it routes money depending on the highway so if i want to get to sacramento i can fly i can take the highway i can take a train i don't know about the train <laughs> but my router all it does is it chooses one mm -hmm. the you want the quickest the safest or the cheapest we can get even you know the algorithm finds out which one is the most efficient it's amazing the solution you provide but how do you make money at this so, yeah what's what's your model here cross currency that's all okay. it is Okay. That's all it is. Uh, it's actually free to send, free to receive. Uh, we work with a lot of, so we target only small and medium businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, SMEs, underserved, underfunded. Nobody cares. Typical transaction size is? Anywhere from $1,000 to $10,000. Okay. So the right. person wanted to send money home, they can. Uh... Um, we power those platforms. Okay. So the only way you can use the Veeam platform is you're going to use it for a good or service. Okay. We don't use it to remit person. So, uh, you know, we're a regulated entity. So we we're, we have an MSB, so a money service business okay. registration regularly. We're going after money transmission licenses in states. In fact, we probably have a dozen right now. So they're being granted as it goes. Uh, so we have to be very careful of something called KYC or know your customer. So we need to make sure that, you know, and money laundering and all of those nice things. So this is my first regulated entity. It's actually very interesting that uh, it's it's also frustrating at times because, you know, for me to explain to a regulator what the blockchain is, I spend a lot of time doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's well, um, a big area too, money laundering in today's world. And, yeah, uh, especially yeah, but, with yeah. digital currencies. Mm -hmm. It's actually so simple. Yeah. I mean, that's what scares them. They don't understand how simple it is. But then guys, you know, um, uh, 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 folks like us over at Veeam, essentially we've put in compliance as one of our cores. So at least we protect the consumers. We get the regulators happy. And then we protect your funds. That's probably one of the most important things. So it's really a very mature approach mm -hmm. into, you know, how you do all. I think one of the big problems with early blockchain companies is what they wanted to do was, you know, stick it to man. Right, which was probably not the best thing to do at this point. So for us, we did the reverse. We said we need to work 
we need to work with institutions because we need legitimacy. And I believe in, you know, being revolutionary about some things, but then you have to be prudent, pragmatic, and, ex- you know, you know how you, you need to execute. So we worked mm-hmm. on these kind of things. Um, yeah. Although I understand you're, you're also uh, looking into doing more things with artificial intelligence. However, I'm running up against the, the break right now, and, and, and I have one other segment after, so I'd like to hold you over if that's okay. No worries. Okay, I'm visiting here with Aldo Carascoso, and uh, we've been visiting about a uh, new company that he co-founded, Veeam. He's currently the chief operating officer, but he's moving to the next big idea, artificial intelligence. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Uh, welcome back. I'm visiting here with Aldo Carascoso, and 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 we were uh, the previous segment talking about Veeam and and how that's disrupting and providing solutions to cross-border transactions and currencies. Uh, but uh, you're you're now moving into artificial intelligence. You want to share with with us your, your your the direction you're going and how you think that can help us? Yeah. So I think one of the most important things that's always guided me forward was never money. It was always about a purpose. Why you do something was more important because um, when you have a very compelling reason why you do something, people follow. Not not you know not just employees, investors, media, uh, stakeholders follow. So purpose has always been important. So for Jukin, it was to empower the small guy. For Align, it was to empower the small guy again. It was always about these things. So you found people to believe in you. So this whole artificial intelligence conversation started um, because of cancer. So my mother actually she succumbed to cancer as a, as a child. She was uh, yeah. she had breast cancer. Um, just recently, over a year and a half ago, my sister, who I love dearly, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I'm sorry if I'm uh, uh, letting people know, but people need to know this reality. Um, the last time I got pissed off, I started a company called Veeam. <laughs> I got so pissed off that why is there no cure for cancer? I realize it's a, you know it's it's a confluence of things. First of all, all of these scientists generate tremendous amounts of data from the human body, and I found out that seventy to ninety percent of it is thrown away. Why would you throw away that much data? Hmm. Because you want to know why? Because they don't understand what to do with it, right? Second, uh, uh, preparation for all of these uh, of 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 just samples when you find out cancer tumors is so manual. Right, so it's prone to human error. So you need to instrument, you know, it needs to go through instruments rather than human hands. Less intervention, better better accuracy and precision. And the third one was, you know, you've got, they were based on RNA and DNA. What's the thing about RNA and DNA? Uh, scientists have found that it may be too noisy. So there's a groundbreaking research right now that's actually not protein-based, but actually carbohydrate-based. What the heck does artificial intelligence have to do with that? So the human body, as I said, generates petabytes of data. The only reason why we haven't had a cure for cancer or for breast cancer was because we couldn't find specific markers that would allow, that would tie in, you know, um, the similarity of all human beings. But you know what a machine would do? You could train a machine enough to find these markers. One that cannot be seen by the human eye because machines are unbiased. So I'm working right now on a, it's a cancer target discovery factory. It's going to run on machine learning and artificial intelligence. So we generate all of this human data, petabytes of it, 
instead of going through a normal statistical method, it's going to go through a machine learning model that's going to find out new signals, new structures. And these new signals and structures were never discovered before, right? And they will be glycan or carbohydrate-based. This, you know, um, I've been circulating this around a long time with scientific community, the medical community, and investment community. Uh, the response is the most tremendous I've ever had with anything I've ever done. And I remember the blockchain when I was pitching it four or five years ago when no one believed me. Now I'm pitching artificial intelligence for healthcare. And I'm telling them it's the same thing replaying again. And I'm seeing that it's going to impact, AI is going to impact healthcare significantly, improving people's lives more than it is financial services, more than it is talking to Alexa, more than it is talking to Siri. I think this will be, um, I, you know, I'm, I've had 20 years experience as an entrepreneur. And the one thing I don't want to do is boil the ocean or big, you know, uh, make gigantic claims. But I think this is the key to really providing a scalable solution to battling breast cancer. Absolutely amazing. And although I, I we're out of time today, but I appreciate you being on today's show. I've been visiting here today with Aldo Carascoso. And uh, thanks for joining us here on America Dreams and join us next week right here on this station. <laughs> <laughs>